Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to uh, our service this morning at 24 Church. We want to welcome you. If you are a part of 24, thank you for hanging out with us this morning. If you're just checking us out, then that's fine, too. We're really glad you're here, and uh, we'd love for you to reach out, uh, and there's ways you can do that. Ben will talk about that, has probably already talked about that, and uh, just want to uh, connect with you guys however we can. Let us know if there's anything we can do uh, to minister to you. Uh, we miss being together. Uh, I miss being together with you guys. I miss seeing your faces. I miss uh, feedback. I miss, uh, you know, all the random whatnot that takes place when we all get together uh, as a family, as a church family. And uh, yeah, we long for that day. Uh, and that day will be here soon enough. Uh, you know, a little patience and uh, we will see this through. Uh, as you also know, we are doing a lot of construction here. Uh, and uh, with that being said, it's probably going to be a little bit just because of that, plus all of the recommendation type stuff too. Uh, it just looks like it's all working out for the best. It, it's, it's literally, I really feel like literally God's timing. When else in the history of the church, and I've said this before, um, has something like this happened where churches don't meet together, but yet we were going to have to try to figure out how to work around uh, all of this construction mess, and, and it's just allowed us to uh, let those folks just really uh, run with the ball and, and do what needs to be done all at the same time. So uh, I, I, it's a blessing. It's a blessing, but we st still we still miss you. Uh, we still miss being together, and we still look forward to when that day comes that we are back together, uh, and we do hope that it's soon. Um, so I, let me kind of get into this this morning. Uh, this passage that we're looking at today uh, is a continuation of the passages that we've been studying through the book of Colossians. And today, believe it or not, we're actually finishing Colossians. Uh, and you may say, well, we just finished chapter three. And that's right. We did just finish chapter three and we started into chapter four just a little bit. Uh, and then we're going to uh, do this section in chapter four. And then beyond that, if you look at chapter four, what you see is you see Paul talking about a whole bunch of different people and uh you know there's a lot of shout outs being given and you know pray for this person and this person and encouraging that person and uh, all these things and, and it's great historical uh but it's not much for teaching through uh and so uh this morning we're going to let this uh kind of close out colossians for us and so uh thank you so much for uh, allowing me to continue to teach through this even uh though we haven't been together and and honestly i, I feel like and i've had so many of you say things to me about how you felt still that God's timing has been perfect with these passages as we've walked through them together. Uh, he knows better than than we, uh, and uh, I mean, it's, it's just amazing, you know, how he works that out when we're teaching through Scripture like that, uh, and I'm always reminded of that. But today we're, we're, we're uh, finishing up, uh, like I said, finishing up chapter 4, which will be the end here of this, uh, this particular uh, section of Colossians, chapter 4. Uh, verse 2 through 6. So if you've got a Bible and you want to get that out uh, and go there with us, then uh, we'd love for you to follow along with us and check that out. Uh, maybe if you're watching this on YouTube and you want to see it on your phone, or uh, maybe you have an an actual Bible, a legitimate made of paper and stuff, you know, that'd be awesome too. Whatever, <laughs> whatever you got. Uh, truth is, is everybody's got like 15 devices now. So you probably watched on one and looked at your Bible on another. So I uh, don't really care. Just, uh, just want you to be able to see uh, what God is saying through his word. And don't, don't just uh, take my word for it. And of course, you know, it'll be up there too. But uh, still, there's just something awesome, especially if you do have a Bible and you're getting a ride in it and that kind of thing. I encourage you to do that. Don't be afraid uh, to do that. Um, <clears throat> so this, uh, this passage 
that we are leaving with today is ending, Paul ending kind of all of these things that he's been teaching through and, and really just kind of looking back over the book of Colossians, this just idea that, that Christ is the central piece to our faith uh, and that he is central to everything. Um, and that's a huge statement and it's an important statement for us today uh, to understand that Christ is, is our all. He is our all in all. He is everything for us. He is the way. He's the truth. He's the life. Uh, all of these things. And, and so as Paul is, is leaving with this passage, he's giving us a couple of things uh, for us to focus on as we go, so to speak. Um, and specifically, uh, he kind of is, is speaking to the, the thought of speaking. And we'll, we'll get into some of that in just a minute. Um, if you've ever had somebody... Uh, speak on your behalf. Um, I think that that's pertinent to to what we're talking about today. I see this with my children. They speak on behalf of one another sometimes. Um, you know, and usually when that's happening, it's somebody has been put up to it. Uh, you know, maybe it's maybe it's maybe it's not even one of my kids, but it's a one of my kids and one of their friends. And it's this whole, you know, they come to you last minute. It's getting later in the evening. They know that they're about to have to part ways. And what are they doing? They're they're scheming. They're scheming to make a plan. They want to spend the night or they want to, you know, whatever it is. And so here come the plans and the ideas and and there's a lot of smiles and a lot of, you know, well, so-and-so would like to come to my house, you know, kind of thing. And then, you know, it's usually our kid going to the other person, you know, that uh, the other parents and saying, you know, I'd really like to come to your house, you know, and it's this working of, you know, both sides. Uh, you guys have been there. Many of you have anyway. Um and this whole idea that somebody might speak on your behalf, I mean, kind of like what, what a lawyer does in court or something, uh, that's a big deal. You know, any, anytime I've had somebody speaking on my behalf, I kind of want to, I kind of want to like, you know, constantly like, you know, jab them and say, hey, don't forget this, don't forget that, you know. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it, it's just an interesting situation to be put in. And that's a situation that we are put in as believers, we're going to see that as this scripture goes along, uh, but we're also going to see that on the behalf of, of, of Jesus, uh, how he also is doing that. I'd rather just read through the, the passage with you. Let's look at this, Colossians 4, uh, verse 2, and it says this, it says, uh, verse 2, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. I'm going to read that again. We're going to just read this one verse. We're only reading like five verses today. Uh, but continue fastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. So after all these things that Paul has been teaching us about, and, and, and then here toward the end, he's gotten very application-oriented. And he's, he's doing that with us today uh, to finish this off. He's trying to help. you got to think he's, he's trying to help that church that he was writing to. God's using this as his word uh, for us, that he's written it to us uh, also. That we're seeing this encouragement of doing something with all of the things that you've learned. Uh, you know, I, I think that it's easy for us to gain knowledge of God and learn a lot about who He is. But for those of us that are struggling and oftentimes don't do well with seeing that through to becoming reality in life, that there's, there's, man, we got to work on that. You know. 
And, and we, we all struggle with that at some point along the way. That's okay. Uh, what's not okay is just to be okay with it and just go, well, I'm just going to keep doing Bible studies and I'm not going to try to get, you know, I'm not going to try to seek the Lord and how He wants that to work out and play out in my life and, and how I am in life. Um, we, don't, we don't want that. We don't want to be there. Paul here says, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. Continue steadfastly in prayer. This is, this is Paul saying, seek the Lord constantly, without ceasing. We have Paul, we have Paul in any number of other places, Ephesians, Thessalonians, uh, where Paul talks about praying without ceasing, uh, ceasing uh, to pray fervently, uh, to not give up on prayer, you know, all of these things. This is, this is a theme that we see with Paul. And here again, he's saying, continue steadfastly in prayer. He's saying, do it over and over and over, never, ever, 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 ever stop. Never stop. Have never-ending prayer. Do it without ceasing. I mean, just is what it is. And 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 here's why. I mean, you know, I think I think we know why, but I think for us just to be reminded of how important it is for us to seek the Lord, to have a real relationship with God every day. What's it look like every day for us throughout the day to continue to seek the Lord, uh, to not give up on seeking Him and what He wants to do in our hearts, how He wants to cultivate it, how He wants to change it, who He wants us to be, how He wants to lead us. I mean, there's so much to that right there, right? Well, right here, he keeps going. He says, uh, continue steadfastly in prayer, pray without ceasing, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. Now, Two things here. He says, "Be watchful. Watchful uh, in paying attention to it." I think I think can be can be one of two things, and maybe even both. So I'm just going to share both things. I think one of those things can be that he's saying, uh, "Watch your words. Don't just pray whatever. Don't just don't just pray just willy nilly like I'm just going to you know rattle off at the mouth here you know whatever it is." But, but what, actually pay attention to what you're talking to God about. It's not just words like we are getting to meet with our maker. We are getting to meet with the Father. We're getting to go to His throne and ask things of Him, tell Him things, even about Himself. And that's where it gets into, uh, well, we'll get into to that here in just a minute, uh, the Thanksgiving part. Uh, but So not just words, but also to watch our life. So that we're steadfastly in prayer and being watchful in it with thanksgiving, that being watchful in it, that we're being watchful of our life, okay? So if we're praying without ceasing, if this is a part of our life, that we're constantly trying to seek the Lord, okay? That at the same time, that's helping us to be watchful of our life. So not just watchful of the things that we're saying in our prayers, but also being watchful in our life. And I, I think either of those things apply. We have other scriptures that teach us that. So either way, and both are great uh, right there. But then you go on and it says, uh, be watchful in it with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, why? Thanksgiving keeps us from making it about us, Right? Think about that. Like, I mean, if if we're praying to God and we're not, you know, it's so easy for us just to pray to God and immediately go with, I got this need, I got this need, I got this need, I got this need. Did we cover all the needs? Have we covered everything on the to-do list of prayer for today? I mean, that, that's kind of how we approach God. But God, God has taught us differently than that. 
Jesus has taught us differently than that in how to pray. If you look at the Lord's Prayer, I mean, you know, we're, we're, we're called to thank God. We're called to go with the heart of what, it's, what he's saying right here, in it with thanksgiving. So if you think about that for just a minute, what that looks like for us is that it keeps us from making it about us and things that we may desire or want uh, or whatever, okay? But that we're, we're also going and we're saying, God, thank you. Thank you for what you have done. You, do you have those? Do you, you have you know some of those people in life who uh, you know kind of like all about them and like all the conversations you have with them are all about them. Like they, they might you know ask you how you're doing, but while you're answering it, they run over you with their words and then they start talking about what what's going on with them or whatever. I mean, and and truthfully, some of those people love us and they don't even realize they're doing it. But the truth is, is we don't realize that we're doing that too sometimes. Like here's what happens. When we thank God, when we spend time in that conversation with Him, cultivating in that time who He is, thanking Him for the blessings that He's given us, for His grace, for sending Jesus, what what happens in that? It humbles us, reminds us of who He is, reminds us of who He is. And and I think that's huge for us today. I mean, you you take... take, uh, and, and how it changes our heart. How it changes our heart is so huge. It helps us to recognize that we have hope, that God has done great things for us. You look at Joshua and what he did when he went back to Gilgal uh, to see the, the stones, uh, the stones of remembrance that they had gathered from the Jordan River when God parted, you know, allowed them to cross and all that kind of stuff. You know, when Joshua goes back to look at those stones in that moment, you go check all that out for yourself. Uh, when he when he does that, he's going back and, and he's and he's being reminded of what God has brought them through. And today, maybe that's where you are today. Maybe you're really struggling today. Maybe you're really struggling today with like where you are in life and what's going on and the being lot you know in the house or the whatever and things just are different and you're not getting to see people. Listen, I, I hear you. Okay, I hear you. You know, but, but the truth is, is if we go back and we remember who God is and what He's done for us, we are reminded of how amazing He is and, and all the things that He's done for us. Just to throw this one in there, you go look it up on your own. Luke 18, uh, you know, brings up this, you know, parable that Jesus teaches uh, where, you know, at the end of it all, He's basically saying, uh, pray and, and, and don't lose heart. Just keep praying, keep praying, keep praying, keep praying. And that parable is all about that. And, and I mean, to the point of like, literally, like you almost think that it's like about uh, changing God's heart or changing God's mind. If we keep praying, we keep praying, we keep praying. Uh, and what it is, is, is that God wants to change our hearts by having us over and over and over and over coming to Him, remembering who He is, being reminded of His greatness, being reminded of the things He's done for us. It changes us. It works on our hearts. It changes our hearts. And we need Him to change our hearts to do the other things that He's calling us to do and the things that even Paul's about to talk about here. Verse 3, if you go on, it says, At the same time, pray also for us. So Paul has given them instruction, hey, you pray steadfastly, you know, continue steadfastly in prayer, be, be being watchful in it with thanksgiving. Okay, so he gives this, don't, don't stop praying, watch it, and 
do so with thanksgiving. And then he says, and at the same time, pray also for us. Okay? Pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. So we encompass there uh, verses 3 and 4, okay? Going back to verse 3, at the same time pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison. So Paul starts there with a request. Uh, Paul, Paul is asking for prayer Paul is literally, this is Paul's prayer request time right here. By the way, when I was a youth pastor, I remember this one girl. I've, maybe some of you have probably heard me tell us before. I had this one girl that like every every Wednesday night, if we had a prayer time and we did oftentimes have a prayer time or during a Bible study on Sunday night or whatever it was, I mean, just a serious heart attack, she'd want to she'd pray about it. She'd want us to pray for a cat because her cat just threw up all the time. Isn't that just, isn't that amazing? Like how amazing is that? That was her prayer request. This is Paul's prayer request, okay? Let's look at what Paul's asking for here. Paul is asking for three things to be prayed for uh, right here. The first one that he's asking for, he says, pray for us, well, not just even just him, but whoever is with him and, and maybe other just ministers of the gospel at large is what he meant by this. But he says that God may open to us a door for the word. That God may open for us a door for the word. So Paul is concerned in this moment that God would open up a door, the next door, probably other doors is what he's really thinking, but he's thinking the next door uh, of, of where they will get to share the word. Now, the word here, you know, obviously can be can be meant as scripture, but it can also be meant as Jesus. We see, you know, uh, with God was the word and the word was with God, you know, John 1, 1 stuff, you know, all that kind of thing. Uh, you know, so just, I mean, thinking about that, there's a lot to this um, that we probably don't have time to get into, but, but I, I think it's worth noting here uh, that he's saying uh, that he wants them to pray for them, that God would open the door for them to take the word, to share the word. And then he gets more specific with the second request to declare the mystery of Christ. So here you've got open, opening doors, opening doors that he might cultivate. I'm going I'm to go on a limb here and say a couple things here with the opening of doors. And I think this is good for us today to be reminded that God can go before us and do stuff that we need him to do in situations that we feel led into, but we don't know. How, we think we don't know how to handle them. And truth is we probably don't know how to handle them, but God's just wanting us to be faithful and knowing that he's going to go before us to do some of these things. And so one of those things, just thinking about that is that God would cultivate in other people's hearts and in situations. That those hearts, that their hearts and those situations would be ready for us before we ever get there. Because he's already been at work. Who's to say that other people haven't already been laying the groundwork, planting seeds, all that kind of stuff for them to hear about the gospel? And I think that's huge for us today. So Paul's saying, pray for us for open doors. Uh, that God may open to us a door for the word. And then the second thing he's saying to pray for is to declare the mystery of Christ. To declare the mystery of Christ 
on account of which I am in prison. So he's making he's he's asking for a prayer request and then he's making a statement to kind of clarify where he is and why. Okay, so to declare the mystery of Christ is this so that the gospel can go out, that people can know about Jesus. And, and then at the same time, on account of which I am in prison, he's just making a statement saying, by the way, that's why I'm here. This is, I, I think, huge, uh, and, and I want to get into that in just a second, but I want to go on to go to verse 4 uh, because I, I want to I come back to that and talk about it in just a minute. Verse 4, it says, that I may make clear, this is the third thing in which Paul is asking a prayer request for, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. That I make it clear which is how I ought to speak. Paul is saying, will you pray for me that God will use me to give me the words in the things that I should say? I can't tell you how many times I have prayed that prayer in my life. I mean, pretty much every Sunday of my life for uh, decades, I feel like, and uh, and then before that, it was Wednesday nights or whatever it was. You know, anytime I get up, get ready to to preach the word, uh, I'm I, my, the prayer that is first most on my heart is God, will you speak? God, will you use me? Will you keep uh, dummy me out of the way? Will the will you make sure that the gospel goes out? Those those are the things. That's the prayer that I'm praying uh, right as I, that I prayed just a few minutes ago before the camera was on. Uh, you know, but you know, for us this morning, as we're looking at this, thinking about this, I think it's awesome to get to see that that it's, that these things, even for those of us that are called to do something like that, it's something that we we got to remember. We need to lean on God. We need to lean on God. God, Paul is. Paul is trying to help us to see that. If we're not leaning on God, we are arrogant men who are simply trying to do things based upon our skill set and knowledge. We cannot live this life that way. We need God to lead us. We need the leading and the guidance of the Holy Spirit to lead us. And God wants to do that, and He wants us to rely on Him to do that. So, Paul has asked, open doors, pray for open doors, go, pray that God would go before us and work the ground and, and make things ready for us to, to do this, uh, these things that we're called. Uh, pray that He will, pray that we would be able to declare the gospel, okay, the mystery of Christ, right? Uh, and then pray uh, that God would lead us in what to say, in the words that we use, that He would speak through us. Now, this is awesome. And, and, here's, and here's the overarching thing, kind of going back to the end of verse 3, where he says, to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison. Here's the thing that's my takeaway from, from these two verses together, is this, that Paul was more worried that the gospel would go out than the fact that he was in prison. Let it sink in. Paul is more worried that the gospel would go out, that God would open doors for them, that they might be able to declare the word, and that he might speak through them clearly than the fact that he was in prison. This is a really big statement. 
And it shows us Paul's heart. And his heart is that he wants people to know Jesus. And just in, in that thought, I mean, this is real talk right here. I mean, just in that thought, is that the thing that we wake up in the morning like just really thinking about? Like, who, who am I going to get to talk to today? Am I going to get to share Jesus today? Am I going to get to be Jesus today? Are my words going to come from the Lord today as I speak to the people that God puts in front of me that they might know of the mystery of Christ, that they might know of the gospel? Maybe you're listening to this right now. Maybe you don't know the gospel. Let me just tell you, God sent Jesus, His Son, to die for us, to take our place to take the death that we deserve for our sin, to make things right in the stratosphere between us and the Lord, between us and the Father. Jesus stood in our place and took our punishment that if we would trust and believe in Him, that we will never perish, but not only have everlasting life, but be saved, forgiven, and given new life right now. That our lives would be changed. That's, that's the truth of the gospel. That's the truth of the gospel for us today. And so if you're sitting there today and you're thinking, you know what, I've done some terrible things in my life. I don't think anybody's ever going to forgive me. I'm here to tell you that God wants to forgive you and he loves you and he has a purpose for your life and he wants to change you. And you may go, well, I don't know if I want to be changed. Well, I'm, I'm just here to tell you. I mean, he's the man. He's the creator. He, he created us. He knows he knows where we will find ultimate joy in Him. And, and we may not believe that, but that's true for us today. That's true for us as believers today, but it's true for anyone who would believe in Jesus to be their Savior, to believe in Jesus to be enough that He took that sacrifice on the cross. He took that death in which we deserved for us. Real talk. Paul more worried about the gospel going out than the fact that he's in prison. That's huge for us today. Makes me question a lot about life, to be honest with you. Verse 5, it goes on. It says, Walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of the time. Now this really, I mean, you just see Paul is building on the last thing, you know, that he just, just taught. Walk in wisdom toward others, making the best use of the time. So here... Uh, and, and in verse 6 too, we'll see that in just a minute. Here we see Paul challenging us uh, with remembering uh, that we that we may only, uh, well, first of all, that our behavior matters. You know, how we walk uh, toward outsiders matters. Uh, you know, and, and, and there's, you know, plenty of times in life we go, I don't care what anybody thinks about me, you know, and that kind of thing. I mean, I get where that statement comes from. Here's the truth. We do need to care about what people think. And you say, well, Chris, here, here this comes from the guy wearing the, uh, an old metal shirt with purple hair. Yeah, okay, yeah, totally. You know what? I, and, I think, and I think verse 6 is going to help us define that some. But I think, I think just on surface level before we get to verse 6 with this, I think that we, under, we have to understand that how we carry ourselves, how we act, how we react in this world matters for the kingdom of God. And so it should matter to us. The things that we say, the posts that we make, the whatever, you know, however we live our lives should matter to us. 
Our behavior matters. And then on top of that, he says, remembering to make the best use of the time. That's statement. Walk in wisdom toward outsiders. Making the best use of the time. What's that mean? How much time do you are you going to get with the random person you get to have a conversation with you weren't planning on? Is that going to be the only time in your life? Quite possibly. Quite possibly it may be. And God is challenging us. Paul, he's using Paul to challenge us that we would be wise with that time. Make the best use of it. Let the gospel be heard through us. Verse 6 says, let your speech always be gracious. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. This is a challenging verse. And it's, and it's really Paul's last teaching of the book of Colossians to us about what to do with all of this knowledge that we've been given. Do you think there's important importance with that? I think so. I think this section today that he's teaching to us is so important for us to get and understand. Let your speech always be gracious. Whoa. Our speech always be gracious? What's our speech like most of the time? I mean, I'm just convicted. My speech is not always gracious. He says, let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt. So here's what I'll say about the, the gracious part. I think for our speech to be gracious, our heart has to be there first. We're not in this to fake it. We're in this for the real deal. I mean, this is for the kingdom of God, right? Well, that means that our hearts have to be gracious. And I'll just be honest, I, I, I feel... I feel uh, people being tense with one another all around me here lately. I mean, it's just kind of like a con, and I, and I know a lot of it's you know having to do with just the things going on in the world. There's a lot of differences. I've had I've had to shift gears several times this week in ways that I didn't want to. That's put stress on my life and whatever, and it, and it's fine. You know, it's just part of life, right? You know, but our hearts have to be there for our mouths to be there. Jesus teaches us about that, right? Let your speech always be gracious. And then he says, seasoned with salt. Seasoned with salt. So that you may be, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Man, I, I don't know about you, but sometimes I struggle with people when they ask crazy questions or whatever. I mean, this, this speaks to that. Um, sometimes people are asking a question just because they want to be silly, and that's fine. I, I love being silly. I've got no problem with that. And sometimes it's like a leading question to see if you'll answer and fall into their trap that they can ask you this or assume that or you know, whatever it is. Uh, you know how that goes. This whole idea of being seasoned with salt, that our speech would be seasoned with salt, that our lives would be seasoned with salt, is, is this understanding that we are called to be spicy. We're called to be spicy, right? Seasoned with salt. What do, you, what do you mean by that, Chris? What do you mean by that? Well, I, I think you take this with other scripture. I think we're called to be different, but kind and gracious. According to these scriptures, we know that the kind and gracious parts are true, right? 
Uh, but we're called to be different. We're called, we are called to stand out. Doesn't mean you've got to have purple hair. But we're called to stand out in such a way that people would take notice, not just of the way we look. Okay? It's not about that. But in the way we act and in the way we speak, that our words would come just falling out of our mouths, dripping with grace. That can't happen if our hearts aren't there. It just can't happen if our hearts aren't there. Today I'm reminded that in Jesus being the Word, He was also the mouthpiece of God. That He was the mouthpiece from the Father. And then at the same time, we are so he, he comes as the Father to communicate with us. And then we are called, right here we see that, we are called to communicate back with Him. He wants to have a relationship with us. Prayer, spending time in His Word, all these things, that we would seek Him. And seeking Him, never stopping to seek Him in our lives. And then in turn, there's a lot of communication going on right here with, with, between us and God. So Jesus comes, the Word, mouthpiece from the Father, right? And then we are called to communicate back to Him, through Him, because we know Him uh, in prayer and those things. And then in turn, we are called to be the mouthpiece of Jesus in this world. You see that? In here and now, we too become the mouthpiece. And, oh man, if you're like me, what a convicting question to ask is, do we, do I sound, look that way? Do I sound in such a way as the mouthpiece of Jesus in the way that God would hope that I would? that He would want me to, uh, that He would use me in? Are we truly gracious with others? Or are we a bunch of arrogant know-it-alls? Man, I don't want to be an arrogant know-it-all. And, and I'll be honest with you, some days of my life, I am. And I know I am. And I don't want to be. I want the Lord to use me, and I want Him to do so with His grace. And I want others to know His grace because they know me. It's a challenge, but I believe it's most fixed in us, for us, when we are talking to God. When we're talking to God. If we're praying, our hearts are being changed. If we're seeking the Lord, our hearts are being changed. If we're spending time with Him in any way, our lives are being changed. Our hearts are being changed. And then our speech and our actions and the things that we do are changed. I'm praying today that God would use me and use us as His church, as His mouthpiece in this world. Let's pray for that right now. God, I thank you so much for allowing us imperfect people looking all kinds of ridiculous or whatever it may be any given day of the week, Lord, that you want to use us 
And Lord, that you, not just, not that you just want to use us, Lord, but that you love us and you want to have a relationship with us, that you've called us in to be a part of your family. God, this morning I pray that we would follow you in all of those things, God, that we would be the mouthpiece that you desire for us to be for you and for your kingdom, that other people would know who you are out of how we speak, out of the things that we say, out of the things that we write. God, I pray, Lord, that they would be from you. I pray that you would guide us in them. God, I pray that you would open those doors. I pray that you would help us with seeking you. I pray that the gospel would go out. And God, I pray that we would care for others with a fervent fire like Paul did to the point of literally caring more about others knowing who you are than whether or not we are incarcerated or stuck in the house or whatever it may be. God, we love you. God, I pray that you would speak to the hearts that don't know you. God, that they would trust and believe in you today. Save them. God, thank you for your son, Jesus. We ask all this in his name. Amen.